0: To the simple, to the simple truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: The Bible gives us clear identification because it's God's autobiography, His disclosure, telling us exactly who He is and what He's like. He describes His nature and His attributes and His character. But God wants us to know more than just the facts about it. See, the things that we read, the things that we pick up here are just facts. God wants us to know more than that because God is also what? Personal.
0: The Bible tells us exactly what God's character is like, but God doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to continually seek Him so that we might have a deep, personal, and intimate relationship with Him. But what does that look like? How can you have such a powerful relationship with an invisible Creator? Pastor Dion puts it this way, Today, we must seek God continually. As we pursue Him, He'll draw close to us. God is ready to embrace you with open arms. So, will you accept His embrace? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Does God Exist?
1: Who or what is God? And how can we be certain that this God that supposedly loves us and has offered salvation to us How can we know for certain that he really exists and is not just a fable like Santa Claus or the tooth fairy or like a legend that somebody else came up with? How do we know for, in fact, that he truly is real? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let's start with the natural evidence, all right? There is the argument of cosmology. Or other ways stated, the wonders of God's creation. So the first evidence of God that he really exists is the wonders of his creation. See, you cannot look at the vastness and the complexities of creation and not be convinced that there's a God. You can't look at all of the vastness of space and the complexities of the human body and not be convinced that there's a God. Look. Astronomy, botany, zoology, anatomy, biology. They all proclaim and testify of the existence of God, of the existence of a divine creator. In fact, David in Psalms 19 verse 1 said this, "...the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak." Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all of the world. All right. So cosmology it is a loud voice that lets us know of the evidence that there is a divine creator, that there is a God. In fact, Moses, when he was writing the Bible, the first five books of Moses, Moses described some things like quantum physics, greenhouse science, the genetic code, and the DNA limitations. He described all of that centuries before those theories were ever discovered. You know where he got them from? He told us he got them from God. Exactly right. But if your antenna still doesn't pick up all the channels and you still don't, I don't don't get it. Maybe you're a little like Sam Cooke, you know, who sings that classic song, "Don't know much about history, don't know much about biology, don't know much about algebra, can't even spell Canada." Right? If, If you're kind of, if you're kind of like that, God gives us another evidence, another argument about his, that he is God, that he exists. And that is the argument of ontology. It's also known as the word conscience. Again, conscience. Conscience. Solomon described it as eternity in men's hearts. Ecclesiastes is where Solomon actually penned this. In Ecclesiastes 3.11 it says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. So listen, even if you can look at all the vastness and the complexities of creation and biology and cosmology, and you, you can see it all, but, and you still are not quite convinced, understand that God also put in every single person a conscience. He has planted eternity in the human heart. In everyone, there is a compass that points north, a gravitational pull to know their creator in every single person, much like a child that never knew their father. At one point, when that child gets old enough, he has an innate desire to know his father, to connect with him. It doesn't matter if the mom told him, no, nah, he's a loser, he's a jerk, he's a deadbeat, he left You know, before you were born. That child will still be compelled to know his father, will look and will search and will seek that is planted on the inside of every single one of us to know and to seek and to look for our Creator. God planted it in there. That's the similar software that's in all of us. That's why even in the most remote areas of the world where they have no Bible or the Gospel message hasn't been preached, people worshipped the Great Spirit. The great power. They worship the sun and the moon and the stars and Mother Earth. These people logically and consciously recognize that there is someone bigger than themselves. They recognize without any other testimony other than the creation and their own conscience, they they, they come to this fact that there must be someone bigger. Because God planted it in there. You see, atheism is not a natural conclusion. You don't come to the conclusion that there is no God naturally. See, the denial of God is not a matter of logic, but a matter of rebellion. I'm going to say it again. It's not a matter of logic, but a matter of rebellion. See, it actually takes more faith to believe that there is no God than it takes to believe that there is one. And God has a word for those atheists. He calls them fools. Fools. He said the fool has said in his heart there is no God. In fact, God even gave them a holiday just for them. It's April 1st. You know what I'm saying? All those atheists. Paul explained atheism in detail like this. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. Starts there. He said, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, evil men who push away the truth from them. For the truth about the invisible God is known to them extinctively. God has put his knowledge in their hearts. Since earliest times men have seen the earth and the sky and all God made and have known of His existence and great eternal power, so that they will have no excuse when they stand before God at judgment day. Yes, they knew about Him all right, but they wouldn't admit it or worship Him or even thank Him for all of His daily care. And after a while, they began to think up silly ideas of what God was like and what He wanted them to do. The result was that their foolish minds became dark and confused. Claiming themselves to be wise without God, they became utter fools instead. And then instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God they took wood and stone and made idols for themselves, carving them to look like mere birds and animals and snakes and puny men. Wow. That is atheism. The fact that they have all the evidence and yet they refuse. They rebel against the truth. Not a matter of logic. Again, a matter of rebellion. Understand, while God can't can't be seen and is invisible. God can be known. Everybody said out loud, what? Known. Guys, God doesn't want to be unknown. God doesn't want to be mysterious. God doesn't want to be obscure. He doesn't want to be unclear. So God has revealed Himself, number one, through creation. Number two, through conscience. And then He's also revealed this to Himself to us through the Bible. See, the Bible is God's autobiography. I'm going to say it again. The Bible is God's autobiography. A person is only truly known with self-disclosure. See, when you meet someone, you know them as they open themselves up, as they share about themselves, their likes, their dislikes, their aspirations. That's how you begin to know a person. You know, as they begin to open themselves up and share disclosure. That's how you begin to know them. Well, the Bible is God's autobiography. It's the disclosure of Himself. He's disclosing Himself to us. He wants us to know Him so that we won't be deceived, so that we won't be confused, or that we won't be mistaken about him. Because listen, art, movies, and religion have painted a very different picture of God. The French philosopher Voltaire said, God made man in his image, and man returned the favor. In other words, and man has made images of God. He's been making God in his image. Like in the movie The Shack, it's underneath the banner of Christian films. (laughs) But if you watch the movie, the producers portrayed God as a middle-aged black woman. Right? Somebody said, what? Or how about in Bruce Almighty, Morgan Freeman portrays a weak, overwhelmed God that is fed up with criticism. You do it if you think you can do a better job. Like, you know, God is just overwhelmed and it's just a whole lot to do, and, and let's see, you know, let's see if you can do a better job. Is that God? The Muslim version of God, Allah, is described as capricious, meaning that he is moody and inconsistent. How would you like for God to be moody? Huh? It also describes him as a dictator who is prejudiced and chauvinistic. The Mormon version of God is a man who came from another planet, has flesh and bones, is married to multiple wives, and has conceived many gods like Jesus and Lucifer, who to the Mormons are brothers. The Buddhist version of God is an ascended master, like Kung Fu. As quickly as you can, snatch the pebbles from my hand. Huh? Do you see why foundational teachings are so important to the Christian faith? Without them, we can fall far away from the truth. And that mistake could prove fatal eternally. God's Word, the Holy Bible, is God's disclosure of Himself so that we won't be confused, so that we won't be mistaken, so that we won't be deceived. And if you're asking, well, how do we know that the Bible is reliable, inerrant, and authoritative? How do we know? I mean, it was written by men, wasn't it? I mean, how do we know that that's that's the Word of God? Well, stay tuned because we're going to cover that topic in Foundations as well. And I won't leave you there, okay? But in the Bible, God describes His nature, His character, and His attributes. It says, God is spirit. God is love. God is perfect. God is holy. God is eternal. God is transcendent. God is immutable, means He never changes. God is eminent, meaning that He's close by. God is omnipotent, meaning that He is all-powerful. God is omniscient, meaning that He is all-knowing. The Bible gives us clear identification because it's God's autobiography, His disclosure, telling us exactly who He is and what He's like. He describes His nature and His attributes and His character. But God wants us to know more than just the facts about Him. See, the things that we read, the things that we pick up here are just facts. God wants us to know more than that because God is also what? Personal. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is transcendent above all. He is never-changing. He is all of those things. And the facts of those things are really cool. But God says, I don't want you to just know a bunch of facts about me. I want you to know me. He wants us to experience Him. To comprehend and experience. To comprehend and experience. So God wants you to know in the fact of comprehension. But He also wants you to know in the fact of experiencing Him. In fact, watch Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. God is speaking and He said, Don't let the wise brag of their wisdom. Don't let heroes brag of their exploits. Don't let the rich brag of their riches. If you brag, brag on this and this only. That you understand and know me. Brag on this. That you understand, that you comprehend and experience me. I am I'm God and I act in loyal love. I do what's right. I set things right and fair and delight in those who do the same things. These are my trademarks. I love it. God's disclosure. God's disclosure. And then there's Psalm 34, verse 8, where he's telling us that, you know, he wants us to not just know the facts, but not only comprehend, but experience. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is is the man who trusts Him. So in other words, well, how do I taste and see that the Lord is good? By trusting Him. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to put myself in His hands. I'm going to jump into His arms. That's how I taste. That's how I experience. See, I might know that I can trust the Lord because He's all-powerful. You can trust the Lord because He's all-knowing. I'm not sure. You know how you can experience and not just be logic, not not just be comprehension. Taste and see. Check him out. Try him out. Experience him. See, it's one thing to know God is loving and gracious and kind, and it's another thing altogether to experience that love and joy and kindness. It's one thing to know God is a helper and a healer, and a hero. It's altogether another to experience Him as helper and healer and hero of your life. You know, on Mount Sinai, when Moses had been given the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, there's something that God looked at Moses and look, told Moses, Moses, I know you so completely. I know you by name. Meaning that God knew every detail and, and every complexity of Moses. Life. I know every detail about you, which kind of ignited in Moses. Show me your glory. That's when he said that. Sh- You know me. I want to know. I want to experience you. I don't want to just know fact. I want to show me your glory. The Apostle Paul said it like this to the Philippians He said, That I might know him. And it was after the fact that the Lord had told him that, you know, for him to just trust in him. So he said, I press onward that I might know, experience. It's not just the facts. I want to know, experience it. Like this. How do we do that? How do we... I mean, God has said, look, there's creation. There is, you know, conscience. There is the Bible in which my self-disclosure. But understand that all of those facts, I want you to go beyond the facts. I want you to experience me. So he said... Ask and you shall seek and you shall knock and the door shall be Alright? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Right? In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Experience Him. Draw near to the Lord, and He will draw near to you. And I'm closing verse Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three. Watch this. "Call to me, and I will answer you, I love it, and I will show you, I will show you great and mysterious things which you still do not know about. So do it. Do more than just have a bunch of Christian facts. Let your faith be something that's based on the Christian experience in knowing God. So does God exist? Those are a lot of evidences. And if you're still not sure, I'm not sure about creation, I'm not sure about conscience, and that Bible, I don't know, well, hey, call on me. Draw near to me. And I'll draw near to you. Trust in Me, and I will direct your paths. Ask, taste, and see that the Lord is good. And you'll find that you can trust in Him. Right? What an experience. See, the more you know, the greater the experience. I want to say it again. The more you know, the greater the experience when it comes to God. Well, listen. If you're listening, and maybe you've had your doubts about god and maybe it's there's been some stumbling blocks or some obstacles that have kept you from acknowledging or surrendering yourself to god hopefully maybe now you've come to this place where i have felt that call i have looked at the complexities of creation and i hear god telling me to taste and see to prove him to To come to a place I would experience it. If that's you, and you haven't done that yet, I invite you to pray with me. Let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness. I have run from You. I have fought You. I have doubted You. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin. I now know You exist. And you want a personal relationship with me. So I draw near to you. Cleanse me. Wash me with your blood. I surrender. In Jesus' name. Woo! Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to smile on you this week and be gracious to you and give you peace.
0: To the simple You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with the foundations of the Christian faith. And what better place to start than in the beginning. That's right, all the way back in Genesis 1 verse 1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You might wonder why that would matter to the faith, but it really is one of the foundations. Think of it this way. The one who has the power to create galaxies out of nothing has the power to move in your life and circumstances. When you know that it was God who made it all, you can know that it's still God who's in control of it all. No matter how out of control the world might feel, you have this foundation to stand on. God created the world. He created you. And He has plans for you that have been in place since before the world began. Now that's a firm foundation. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, I have some great news for you. Are you ready? We've got more great messages stored up for you. Just head on over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archives with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. Okay, well, we've run out of time for today, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion right here on The Simple Truth. See you then.